2: He caught a couple of big balls. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Mackie and Judd with with Rami. Reckless speculation.
3: Reckless speculation.
4: Reckless speculation. How
5: hot do you like your stove, gentlemen? So hot. On fire. Wait, who's that, I want, who's I want that a, guy? I want a grease fire on my stuff. I have no clue. Who's this guy? Grease I don't fire know. doesn't sound
6: good. No, grease fire sounds like a really bad idea. People it's get hurt though. that way. It's hot, Who's the random in the studio right I don't know. I don't know what's going just on here. Just
5: wandered in. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm Rami. Welcome hey back Rami, to the what's show. Your, Thank you, you boys. It's 651-646-8255. Six, six,
6: five, five. If you could go back outside and just call us, that'd be better. And they should put a roof on it, just in case you forgot. Nope. Oh, okay, the number's not that bad.
3: I'm taking it back. Before we get into some juicy Twins rumors and reporting here, we're going to start the show with some hot stove a few days before the winter meetings. Is it true? I heard a story yesterday from someone that uh, said when you've walked around Target Field this season, Mm -hmm. or even just like in public places, that you have been getting shout outs like,
5: put a roof on it. The best was, I do get those, just walking around Target Field. The best was I was on one of the escalators, and there was a father and son on the escalator in front of me. And the father turns to his son, probably, I don't know, 10, 12 years old. And he goes, man, this place is beautiful, isn't it? And the kid goes, yeah. And the dad goes, just too bad they didn't put a roof on it. <laughs> like so subtle. And then turns and looks at me and winks. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, hey, Ronnie.
3: Wait, winked wait, wow. wait, 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 you? you were going up and was he was coming up. down? Yeah,
5: no, I was going up and he was going up. In front of me. Him Got and his son it. were on Got the escalator it. in front of me. and he, So he said that, then just turned around and just winked and like nodded at me. Wow. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't like winks. Uh,
6: <laughs> winks make me really uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> I don't see any upside to winks. Do you guys? Like, the yeah. wink is the... You know, the, the sort of wave, half wave I'm fine with? I feel like... The wink is, to me, it I says, like I'm a creep, it, it and I'm outdated. trying to tell you I'm I was a creep. just going to say,
5: it might be outdated. In 2019, a wink might get you in trouble. Or at least... Might get the ball rolling on some trouble. Yeah. A wink for whatever reason, like the insinuation of a
3: wink, if it's man to woman too, or even woman to man, it's, it's like, not good. It's like, uh, I'm into you like right. at minimum,
6: at minimum. Right. right. Yeah. But it's also like you're into me and that make, that creeps me out.
3: Yeah. The, the, the confidence, by the way, to turn around to someone you've never met before, being 100% sure that it is them. <laughs> right. right, and give yeah. the wink. And give the wink after <laughs> yeah. that is pretty impressive. It was. So here's the news that pertains to the Twins today. Uh, Zach Wheeler, the Twins have been rumored to be locked in on Zach Wheeler, one of the best free agent starting pitchers behind Garrett Cole on the market. Uh, they've been kind of linked to him for about two or three weeks. Our buddy Doogie from the Scoop podcast and from Channel 5 downstairs has been reporting on this for a few weeks. He signs with the Philadelphia Phillies five years, $118 million, so $23.6 million per year. Uh, Doogie and also John Heyman reporting that the Twins made a five-year offer as well and that it was around, if not the same price tag as the Phillies offered, and Zach Wheeler wanted to play out east. So it wasn't a money decision. I saw
5: Ken Rosenthal actually report that the White Sox offered him more than what the Phillies offered him, and he took the Phillies' offer instead. Interesting. That's very interesting. So that does tell you that factors outside of money, specifically his wife is from a half hour outside of Philadelphia, played a big role in where Zach Wheeler ended up pitching next year. And so in that case, I think a lot of people, I think the,
3: the narrative has been, the twins are always in the mix, right? They're always in the mix for these contracts, but they always lowball, either on purpose or they lowball because they're cheap and uh, they do it just for PR purposes. Well, um, we know that they made a massive offer, a hundred, a hundred million dollars plus, to you, Darvish a couple years ago, and now we know that, according to credible reporting, they made a five-year, one hundred plus million dollar offer to Zach Wheeler and he wanted to play out on the East Coast. So that happens. Like That's that's the other side of the story. There's isn't? not a lot you can do about that. Right.
7: Mm-hmm.
5: I don't know if they offered him more than the Phillies did, but we know at least one team did, and yes. he chose the Phillies. So that tells you that pretty much, no matter what, unless you threw ridiculous money at him far more than the $118 million, Zach Wheeler was probably ending up in Philadelphia this year.
3: So here's the other shoe, all right? And I would advise the Twins to drop it. I think I you're would. about to drop the shoe I dropped on Score North Live today. Madison Bumgarner has to happen. I agree. It has to happen. It should happen. The only thing that should pre- that should prevent it from happening is he just says I don't want to play in Minnesota. Even like here, here's the report from uh, Andy Martino from S N Y in New York in the wake of Zach Wheeler signing with the Phillies and Hamill signing with the Braves one year eighteen million dollars. Madison Bumgarner's market is clarifying, and I think we're. We're kind of seeing now, so eighteen million for Cole Hamill's one-year yeah. deal. Isn't it cool to be talking about this stuff on December fourth? It is. Somebody's oh, finally man. signing players. The guy's actually signing, and the Twins being in the mix on these players, Uh and then and then twenty-three and a half million dollars. So we've kind of got some parameters here for what the price tag is going to be for a Madison Bumgarner, according to SNY. The market is clarifying, and according to sources, the White Sox and Twins are among the heaviest suitors <laughs> for Mad Bum. Yankees involved. To some degree, but the Yankees go are get going Madison Bumgarner. But
6: the Yankees are trying to go Cole Strasburg right yes. now, so they they would be if they miss out on both those guys. And I don't think they're going to because the timetable on both those guys is probably going to take longer than Mad Bum will.
3: Yeah, Boris, uh,
6: it's going to come down to the Twins or White Sox probably. And now the White Sox are an interesting di- uh, dynamic because if you guys go back to last winter, if I'm not mistaken, the White Sox also came through with an extremely competitive, if not again. The White Sox are notorious for calling up Rosenthal and saying, we offered more. If you guys recall, last winter, That's right. Manny Machado was the same thing. That's and, right. and I want to say that Machado basically told the Padres yes, and the White Sox were on the phone with good old Ken saying, we offered more, yeah. we got well,
5: screwed. No, their, their GM, if I remember it right, Rick Hahn, he came out and said that they offered more, but then it was later reported that... He could have made more because they put a bunch of incentives okay. in the contract. And this could be the same exact thing. Where with thing. the Padres, it was all guaranteed. And this could, could be the same exact thing. But th- here's my
6: opinion of of this with the Twins. And I'm curious if you guys agree. There has never been a time where you're going to have more payroll, more opportunity to pounce. A team that definitely deserves pouncing. Like, this is not now, oh, you're a nice little team. If you got a guy, it might help. No One, you need the help. Two, the help is there. Three, this roster is good. This is the winter where you have to do something significant, and it might pain you a little bit, and it might not be your first choice in life, but unless you're going to go get a Cole or Strasburg, those things, you know, there's some risk there. It's pitching. I think you have to do this. I really do. Because for all the people that say, well, they're cheap, they're not going to do it. And, you know, we fight back a little bit and say, no, that's not true. There there are guys that, you know, God bless them, want to play in Philadelphia. Don't know why, sure. but, but you want to play yeah, in Philadelphia. We never consider
3: that side of it. But, yeah. but,
6: okay, but all of those things being said, a year ago when the Twins didn't pounce, a pounce on Machado and Harper and Levine explained that, it made sense, right? It did make some sense. Mm -hmm. You didn't know exactly where you were yet. It wasn't time yet. I'm sure some people were not happy, but I should have got that. This, to me now, especially with pitching, is the time that you have to move. Yes. This is not, oh, man, they missed out again. Ain't that a shame? This is, if you don't do something significant, you, in my opinion, at least, are blowing an opportunity.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's, Let's bust a few myths here, too, on Madison Bumgarner because there are three main things people bring up When they talk about him, and they say, "Well, he's you don't want to go down that path because blank." Okay, and those three things, those three myths are. We'll start with age. Oh, he's that guy's a that guy's a fossil. He's been in the league forever. Well, he has been in the league forever, but he came in the league when he was twenty years old. He's thirty years old. He's not that old now. Now, if you want to talk about mileage on the arm and that being a red flag, okay, but. When you're that caliber pitcher, when you're one of the best horse-like pitchers in the entire league, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, uh you know before that Roy Halladay, right? Those guys, when you get to a certain level and a certain level of durability, John Lester, you can pitch into your mid-30s. Cole Hamels, mid-30s, late 30s and still be effective. So this whole age thing, let's start with that that's the first myth I want to bust here, that he's, he's he's old, Madison Bumgarner. Not old enough to shy away from a 5-year contract for me. I would not shy away from a five-year contract on Madison
5: Bumgarner I Because either. of age. And you oh. know what? I know going into that contract probably won't be worth it on the back half. The last two or three seasons, he's probably not going to be worth it. Mm-hmm. And I'm totally okay with that. Those are the types of signings that you make for the position that the Twins are in right now. You risk not getting value on the back end of a contract for a guy who can help you win a World Series right now. Yeah. That's how I always look at it. Myth number two.
3: Well, oh, his velocity's down. I mean, look at his velocity. He's just not, doesn't have the same stuff as he had before, and he's not throwing as hard. Well, good thing in 2019, they have things called radar guns and websites like fangrafts.com that wait. post their wait, velocities. It's
5: crazy. Radar guns?
3: Yes. They wait, actually, what it's, is, it's a gun like device that tells you how hard a pitcher throws. It can actually measure the speed of a pitch. And then there are websites that. <laughs> 2019
5: take, is crazy. It man. is. It's
3: amazing. Wow. There are websites that take that information and. Post it publicly so that we can see how hard a pitcher now wait, throws. what's a
5: website? I'm just kidding. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> scornorth.com and the scornorth mobile app. wild, Free man. Dumb. Crazy. So Madison Bumgarner's average velocity last year was 91.4 miles per hour. Okay? 91.4 miles per hour. His velocity when he came into the league 10 years ago was 91.4 miles per hour. His peak velocity in a season for average fastball velocity was 92.1 miles per hour. So if you want to say he's lost velocity, it's the same velocity as he came into the league with, and it's only a half mile an hour off from his peak velocity in his career. And I would argue, you get him with Wes Johnson and the Twins pitching system, I bet you you'll see a career-high velocity. I would guarantee it if he joined the Twins. I wouldn't doubt it. That's myth number two. Mm-hmm. He doesn't throw as hard. Mm-hmm. And then myth number three is well, he's just not the he's not the same guy. He's not the he's not the same pitcher he was before. And that's only a partial myth. He's probably not the same guy that five or six years ago was shoving at an historic rate in the postseason and uh, winning the World Series MVP. And he's not he's not that guy anymore. But that's okay. He's still really really good. The last three years, his ERAs have been 3.3, 3.2, and three point nine. And he's striking out eight batters per nine, which is basically his career rate. He's probably eighty to ninety percent of the guy that he was five years ago, and that is still one of the best pitchers in the American League, especially when the Twins get their hands on. And to your point, Co-side Phil, mad
6: And to, to your point about his uh, potential for getting here and working with the Twin staff and helping himself, uh, according to MLB Network today, they put out largest spin rate increase from two thousand eighteen to nineteen, four seam fastball. Madison Bumgarner, easily number 1 in baseball, plus
3: 324 increase. I don't even know what the 324 means, but this is great. Exactly. 3.24. Reckless. Reckless. Speculation. 2000, spin, spin rate uh for Mad Bum in
6: 2018 was 2,081. In 2019, that spin rate went up to 2,405. That's plus 324. Giolito, plus 234 of the White Sox, was next. Then uh, Cole, plus 151. Miner of Texas, plus 107 boyd of detroit plus 101 yeah but but the point being is if you get him here again and work with him it can help him i just i want to see them make this move a move like this because it's high time to pounce on opportunity and and i don't think look if they turned around and said well we're considering trading a, a top 3 prospect for a top starting pitcher i might say okay that's fine i don't believe that they're going to do that And so Mad Bum presents the opportunity to, it's going to cost you, but it's not going to cost you a player, to go out and get something, and now it's Mad Bum, let's say, it's Barrios, Odo after that, stacks up pretty well in open day. And
5: not only that, Judd, not only are they not going to go out and get a Garrett Cole or a Steven Strasburg and pay top dollar for a pitcher, their actions at the trade deadline... Tell me that they're not really in the business of giving up resources in, the, for, in the form of, in the form of prospects, either prospect. money or no, they're not. So you're not going to get Garrett Cole. You're not going to get Steven Strasburg. Zach Wheeler is off the board. You have seventy and at least seventy starts to fill in your starting rotation between Pineda and Kyle Gibson. You have at least seventy starts. That you need to fill. They only, they only put in 55 last year with us because Pineda missed the second half of the season being suspended. You have, in, in two of your rotation spots, you have to get 70 starts. Mm-hmm. And are you going to do that on a budget or are you going to go out and get somebody who actually makes you better than what you were last year? And if you're not going to do it via trade, if you're not going to give up the prospects, which it indicated at the trade deadline that they weren't going to do that, the only other avenue to get better is free agency. And the only, Huge upgrade on the free agent market that I see pitching wise is Madison Bumgarner. At this point, after Wheeler signed today, they almost now you're out a, on
3: like Garrett Cole. You're saying you're not. Yeah, you're
5: not getting those guys. I mean, I, I s- agree with that. I send the text. I send the text. It's hey, you to his agent exactly. Mad hey, you. Bum, Ryu, maybe
6: they're not getting Cole or Strasburg. That's not that's pie. But in I the send sky. I send
3: the text.
5: I say, hey! Well,
6: I've sent the text by now, and I've been right, told. Exactly. I've been told thanks, but I, new, I've got new, a
3: prom date. New number? Who it is? <laughs> I've got a prom date.
5: <laughs> they just send you a GIF. Um, but so I, I would inquire. I'll <laughs> just, a, just a middle finger. <laughs> I would inquire just on Cole and Strasburg, but it's probably not going to happen. And after Wheeler's gone, again, the only major upgrade that I see on the market, starting pitching wise at this point, is Madison Bumgarner. You have to draw the line somewhere. You don't want to pay silly money for the guy, but you should be as serious about bidding for this uh, for this guy as anybody in Major League Baseball right now. Yeah. I
3: mean, I think it's fair to say whether it's Madison Bumgarner, the list is shrinking now that Zach Wheeler's off the board. There's no way to call this a successful offseason if, via free agency or trade, you don't get at least one more starting pitcher of high caliber. They need two. I'm saying at at least one more. marquee, though. Like, if you get... If you, if you don't come away with Madison Bumgarner you're or saying, John Gray, you're saying it's, it is a failed need, off season
5: With the two holes that they have in their rotation now, because we're all assuming it'll be internal competition for the fifth spot, right? Yep, yep, Bob yep. Knack and a few other guys. They need one
3: more marquee playoff
5: rotation caliber guy, or it is a failed you're, you're okay with just upgrading one of the two spots left in the rotation right now? So if you get Michael Pineda-level performance from one of the spots and upgrade the other one with, say, a Madison Bumgarner, you're good with that.
4: Yes.
3: yes. Oh yeah. Because you still have the trade deadline to upgrade yeah. as well. I'm good with that until July 31st and then if they need another upgrade, go get another upgrade.
6: We need though we need to all agree the three of us and listeners too. There's one there's one caveat to this entire discussion that becomes incredibly important. If it doesn't work out. Okay. So let's say Mad Bum in 2 years signs and grabs his arm and collapses and they haul him off on a stretcher never to be heard from again. Wow. We can all lament the unfortunateness of that incident. But we all need to agree, then, that you can't go back because the one thing, as much as I torch the Wild left and right, right? The day they signed Parisi and and Suter, with the thought process, it was going to be a Stanley Cup run. Like They were going to win Stanley Cups, okay? They didn't get near a cup. But the one thing, and Phil can attest to this, that I've always said is, I never regret that day and I never go back and bash that day. Right. Because that was them saying in their heart of hearts, we are all in and we are doing the best that we possibly can. It didn't work. Okay. But what, what Falvey and Levine, I, and I think successful and yet gutsy sports executives have to embrace is it might not work. It doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Yeah. Because at some point in time, you have to do it. And what Leopold did flat out didn't work. But I can't sit here and say, well, he's an idiot, because he tried. Yes. So that's the one thing. We can't go back in three years and be like, well, that was idiotic. So if we're going to go down this path,
3: we all need to agree that we are in on the concept. Also, if you're going to go down this path, you're going to overpay. Mm -hmm. You're going to overpay either financially or you're going to overpay in prospects. You just are. You're not... You're not out this winter. I would argue in previous winters when a lot of people were saying, go out and you know, you're coming off a 71 season and go out and get a like, you can't fix a broken team in free agency in baseball. You just, it's Mike Trout has been one of the greatest players of all time. And Mike Trout's influence on the Angels hasn't been big enough to even bring them to the playoffs in most years because the rest of their roster and the rest of their organization is broken. In the NBA, you go get LeBron James or you go get. Uh, a top five player, you draft Tim Duncan, and you go from 20 wins to 50 wins to 60 wins overnight. That's not how it works in baseball. But once you're ready, like the Twins are here, to win a World Series, you're a 90 or 100 win team, and you're looking to add those final pieces to the puzzle, you're going to overpay yes, for those final pieces.
5: Because the teams who are in those same spots who you're competing with for these guys are will overpay. If you won't, they will. And that's going to show on the baseball field. Yeah, They yeah. absolutely will. So how do you guys feel about... The Reds I, just overpaid. The Reds just
3: overpaid for Mike Mustakas, And that's a team that's not at all ready to... No. Attend. And they're, they're going to keep spending,
6: too. <laughs> They've made it very clear. Good for them. They're just going to spend. But you know what's going to happen? Spring training is going to start, and everyone's going to say nationally, Reds won the offseason, didn't they? It's just like... Was that five years back with Padres? Uh, the, four yeah, or five uh, years back? They got Matt Kemp. They got, Matt Kemp. And, yeah. they, they got like four guys. And everyone's like, unbelievable, they won. Yeah. And guess what? They stunk. Yeah, But this Twins team's good. This Twins team's got a chance, and we're also not saying they should go out and sign five guys. You need, in my opinion, you need what you consider to be the most dominant starting pitcher that you could possibly get. Which I just, you know, Cole and Strasburg are not
3: going to come here, but I think, I think Bumgarner would, and I think he would like it here. Yeah, like he's so Bumgarner. You know, people talk about his salty, surly personality. He'll he love the Midwest. Yeah, I mean, he go. Here's what he can do: just go buy fifty acres. An hour and a half away, and you know, ha- have a driver take you back and forth you know what if you I want to. Get in a, get in a truck. truck. go an
5: hour and a half away? No, I feel like
3: ha- right outside the Twin Cities. That's an you hour find nice swath of Actually, land. I grew up in Corcoran, Minnesota, 30 you miles you can from the Twin Cities. For Mad Bum,
6: call the Vikings and say, can you have Brett and Jared Allen
5: call Mad Bum? And he can tell you about all the hunting spots. Any, they don't have any hunting types on the Twins? Does <sighs> used Sportler to hunt, Former right? Twins is I know he he's Glenn Perkins for sure hunts yeah, yeah. but Brett, but far and, and no offense to Allen, Perk, but farv is a more impressive phone call every today, friday you can pull that off
6: every friday would get in uh, you know get in a truck and drive somewhere
3: you? and go hunt yeah and it was probably an hour from here or less interesting yeah i mean just come in here put yep. your boots on you only know, have to show up to the stadium
5: on the days you don't pitch for all I care. I'm good with it. You're going with the, Clem- the uh, Clemens plan?
3: Yeah. Right, he can Hell, he can live
5: wherever he wants. <laughs> if, he wants to ride his, if he wants to ride his horse to Target Field, <laughs> sure. Fine. Get him a police escort on horses. That'd be amazing. What That'd is, be great. What was that? That was actually pretty good. That's not bad. That's really good. That's what horses sound like. A mad
3: bum. Is that what mad bum sounds like? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Okay. That's how I picture him, sounding. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly how I picture him.
5: Uh, either that or far- like far sling in, right? Mm hmm. I'm Mad Bum. Mm hmm. Here to strike you out with my high That's spin rate blade. fastball. <laughs> i get to Billy Bob
6: Thornton? I sort of like it. It's not uh, bad. 651 646 sure <laughs>
3: six, 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 five, five If you want to chime in on the show, Mackie and Jub with Rami back at full strength today. And uh, we're we're all in on Twins Hot Stove here. This is the most activity we've seen around the league before the winter meetings, which are next week in years. So it's just fun to see big names signing already and uh, and Major League Baseball not having to completely rehaul their off-season structure to do so. One other thing on Madison Bumgarner here for you guys. His personality is very old school. He's the guy that gets mad when you you know when you look at a home run too long or you lay the down Dodgers a bunt or right? something. He, I mean, he's there's like four times a year. Mad bum will, yeah, in no uncertain terms. You yes. guys don't like that. I don't. However, <laughs> however, I'm completely
6: willing to change my philosophy on baseball. If, if Madison, if
3: Mad back. Bum wants to bring a block of salt <laughs> to the Twins' clubhouse. I just don't. I don't want him to like turn the Twins' clubhouse into a bunch of you know salty duds who don't flip their bats. That's Sam, my only Sam thing. Dyson might, might have tried that one already. Was he an old school salty guy, or was he, was, he just he was a you? Uh. But Sam Dyson doesn't have, like, no, pull in a clubhouse. No, no, Madison no. Bumgarner would have pull on the culture of a clubhouse. Yeah. Do you guys think that Madison Bumgarner's personality would be, in today's age, even though he's been on three World Series winning teams, clearly didn't, didn't alter those clubhouses in a negative way? Do you think he'd be a good fit, I guess is my question. I think be, Or do you I, care? I think he'd be great. I,
6: Nelson Cruz is such a stabilizing influence in that clubhouse, you guys, that I I think it would be fine. I'm going to struck me as the type of guy that some guys would like, some guys would probably keep their distance from. But again, if you have Cruz there, I think it's fine. Now, if he was the dominant personality of a young team of impressionable young guys who thought life is fun and he's like, no, it's not. It's not supposed to be fun. Then it might be a problem. But Nelson Cruz basically controls that entire room. So I don't think it's a
5: problem whatsoever. Yeah, and I don't think Bumgarner is going to tell his guys, don't pimp home runs, don't show up the other team. He even said when he had the exchange with, uh, who was it that put it in the ocean? It was the Dodger. It was a Dodgers player, right? Muncy. Max Muncy yeah, did Max it. Put it in the ocean. Yep. And he was jawing at him running around the bases, and Muncy said, well, if you, if, you, if you want that one back, go get it from the bottom of the ocean. And Bumgarner said afterwards, like, yeah, let the kids play, but... Let me play too. Like he didn't, he didn't throw a baseball at Muncie. He just, he just yelled at him. Hey, don't do that. And Max Muncie had his own thing to say back to Max. I don't mind guys getting offended or getting upset that somebody is pimping a home run or they perceive it as disrespect. Even though I disagree with them, I don't think it's disrespectful at all. It's just a guy celebrating doing something well. Where I draw the line is don't throw a rock hard object at somebody at 90 plus miles per hour because your feelings are hurt. Be like said all you want, jaw at the guy all you want. Just don't cross that line, and we're good. So if Madison Bumgarner comes here with that same mentality. I'm good with Madison Bumgarner. Yeah. I think the twins will be too. By the way,
3: uh, in the noon to two block today, uh, Score North Live, you guys did an impromptu Score North Twin Show. We did, yes. Which you can find. You can find Score North Live with Rami anywhere you find podcasts, but you can also find the Score North Twin Show, which is multiple episodes per week. Derek Wetmore, uh, driving those episodes and, uh, Twins hot stove season is upon us. So if you're a Twins fan and you want to keep tabs on what they are doing, what they could do, what they should do, Go download and find the Scornorth Twin Show on Apple, Spotify, or
5: the Scornorth app. Good to have you back, Rami. Good to have you back in. Good to be back, boys. Uh, you did miss... What's your name again? Rami. Rami. It's okay. a hard one. It's, it's difficult. Is you'll there get, an, you'll is get it is there an E on the end? There there is, I want to Google it. There is an E at the end, Okay. Yes.
6: So you should have seen, Phil, when, when we opened Score North Live today, Rami began the show by saying, I'm back and I've gained some weight. Dude. And, and okay, I looked at him. I didn't think a thing, right? Danny Cunningham sat in the chair I'm at now and he literally like rose up and looked. He gave me the old up this, and down. And he gave this, me the old up and, and down and got the oh my god you're so fat look. <laughs> and I swear to you, I swear I passed no judgment. Dude, I've I gained some weight myself during the holidays, but Cunningham's look was and then and then Cunningham him. went into detail about your weight gain. I
5: don't blame him. I went I went ham, literally and figuratively, over the Thanksgiving break. Good for you, man. Yes. I it, exactly. I, 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 haven't, I haven't worked out in 10 days, and it wasn't just a Thanksgiving food. It, I was going out to eat with friends and family oh, the boy. whole time I was back in Wisconsin. Yeah. And then last night, on the way home, the capper to this trip, <laughs> stopped in Madison at Portillo's Wow. on the way back from Milwaukee, and got an Italian beef. Bad choice while you're driving. Um, and I get, so I get in my car this morning to come to the station and I just have like streaks all over my steering wheel. Just, it's like shiny and streaky. And I was like, what the, what the hell happened to my, st-? it was grease. It was, it was Italian beef greens. <laughs> Your car just <laughs> smells like Portillo's. Yes. Things. Yes. I'm disgusting.
3: Honestly, they should sell Portillo's air fresheners for cars.
5: They really should. And I told I told Judd this. I, I caught a glimpse of myself in the mirror yesterday when I was getting ready to go in the shower, and I I, I saw in far greater detail what Danny saw through these clothes. Okay? I have <laughs> done damage. I did is, some damage over the last 10 days. It's
6: such a stupid mistake. Never look at yourself. In the mirror before you go in the shower or come out. Wait, Ever.
0: Wait, what? what?
6: <laughs> I will hold up.
0: avoid that? I, will,
6: I tell you right now how what? I avoid it. Yeah, what lengths are you going to to not see yourself naked? <laughs> One, before I get in the shower, I turn my back to the mirror. Two. When I'm done showering, <laughs> I grab the towel, close the curtain so I can't see the mirror, <laughs> and dry myself off. Three. Open the curtain, towel in front of myself so I can't see my stomach. So the lesson here is,
3: kids, kids. If you're fat, there's two ways to handle it. One, mix in a salad. Two, listen to Judd. Just avoid denial.
0: Avoidance. Do you just want me to come and
6: take out the mirror from your bathroom? No, because my wife would it? be very upset. She wants the mirror. I
3: don't, man. man. Therapy is also a therapy. Is a
6: way to <laughs> yeah, my therapy avoidance. Do you like those covers that go on it,
0: like that usually go on the outside of
6: windows for their house. No, wind- Jonathan, I just gave you a play-by-play of how I avoid nah. the mirror. It seems I don't really need him, he-
3: man. No! Athlete challenge. Judd, naked, <laughs> looking in the mirror. No! No!
5: That should be one of his punishments for this Seth Pool challenge. He, has to he should have him to look mirror. at himself in the mirror for a minute straight. A full minute, just Judd looking at himself naked in the mirror. <laughs> There's no punishment. Uh, it's
3: Mackie and Judd with Rami, the most, the most insecure show in the Twin Cities. 651-646-8255. The Gophers tumbled in the college football playoff rankings. What does that mean? And uh, is that fair? Plus, the new Bond trailer is out. And we'll get to Rami's Vikings takes that he hasn't been able to unleash on this show in a bit. But let's talk about Luther Rookdale. Toyota was driving in today and uh, was going through. I mean, there's so many great options for uh, for audio when you've got that built-in Apple CarPlay and the built-in Entune system, which basically turns your car into a smartphone and uh, it's really easy too to just tap on the score north app on your apple carplay screen in any of these brand new toyotas so i've i've loved the four wheel drive and safety features on the 2019 rav4 and uh, there's a bunch of great deals right now on on 2019 models rav4s tundras tacomas forerunners because they're trying to make room for the 2020s so you get great clearance prices ready to move prices on those aforementioned suvs and trucks that I just threw out at you. And you also get an additional $500 trade-in bonus right now.
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download, brought to you by Tondrick Financial. And after this happened... Wilson ...and the gun from
6: a Seattle 40. Shotgun snap, props back, three, winds up. Long-larging spiral down the
5: near side. Over the shoulder, catch more at the 25. Down the 20, the 10, chased into the
4: end zone. Touchdown, Seattle! Seconds to play in the third quarter. Seahawks have brought up 26-17 over the Vikings. 60-yard touchdown pass.
0: That 60-yard touchdown pass came over Xavier Rhodes, and he didn't handle it too well, throwing a bit of a fit on the sidelines, yelling at everybody, wondering where his safety was. And well, he apologized
7: today. Just want to start off and saying I just apologize to the organization, my team, my family. You know, how I reacted out there on that field Monday night. I mean, that's not a way I should carry myself, especially as a leader on this team. Uh, apologize. Just definitely pose him. You know, and the things he has taught me, I should never react that way towards him or towards my team, period. That's been your score on our Download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami.
3: Thank you, Jonathan. We're going to dive much more into Xavier Rhodes' apology and also get Rami's thoughts on the Viking Seahawks game uh, a couple days ago we'll do that at the top of the five o'clock hour, but last night another batch of college football playoff rankings came out gentlemen, and our golden Gophers tumbled all the way out of the top ten and almost out of the top twenty they fall to eighteenth just behind number seventeen Memphis number sixteen Iowa by the way, Memphis is eleven and one, so the gophers are ten and two Iowa's nine and three and they're sixteenth Notre Dame ten and two Michigan nine and three, so the gophers. Uh, you also have Auburn at 9-3. and three. The Gophers are behind three three-loss teams. And uh, Memphis, which is a non-Power 5 school, right? What with, with conference? Conference USA? Whatever, Memphis, yeah. Eight, whatever the hell conference they plan. And uh, even as the most aggressive Gopher supporter on this show, I got to say, I can't fight it. I, it's it's hard. It's been a great season. It's been the, you know, the best season uh, of my life watching the Gophers, but... I can't sit here and say they're better than Iowa.
5: Can I ask you a question? Can't I can't do it. This might rub some people the wrong way. You specifically, Mackie. I'm ready for uh, it. Uh, do you care? Doesn't matter anymore. About like the if rankings. You're, if you're not in the playoff and you're not going to the Rose Bowl, like, do we even need to track college football playoff rankings anymore? Or football, I can, college I can football that. rankings of any sort. I I absolutely don't care. Exactly. I,
6: I mean, once you lost to the Badgers, you're going to go to a bowl game. You're going to go to a decent game. Yeah. So no, but
3: I. I mean, You're going to go to your best. Or it's a good bowl game for, for them, game. though.
6: My but my point being to come back to what you just asked. No, I don't care. So they're 18. So they're 15. So the fun of it was they had one loss and they were in contention, and yeah. it was Rose Bowl possibly. And then after Saturday, it got blown up. So I, Phil, I don't care.
3: I think, uh, I I only care from the standpoint of I want to know where they're likely to land bowl game-wise, and who they're likely to play. And I wonder how much these rankings sort of factor in when it comes to Citrus Bowl versus Outback Bowl. Uh, the the thing that I find the most interesting is you might wind up playing Alabama in a bowl game, too. There's nothing projected right now, but if Georgia winds up losing to LSU, and now all of a sudden... You know what I say. Bring it on again. I know. Auburn, bring it on. So Alabama, bring it let's on. Let's get Rami's tiebreaker on this. So, So, again, I know that you're not... Like, you're kind of out on the Gopher football team now, especially after they, uh, they whiffed in this, this I just don't, game. I,
5: I don't care about bowl games, man. If you're not in the playoff, it it's an exhibition. It's an exhibition game that's going to make a lot of people money who aren't playing football. So, maybe, so let's
3: get his answer anyways, okay. even with that preamble, okay? So with the goal of producing the best possible result for your program, whatever that means to you, and, and and we're going off of the, the premise that they're going to either play in the Citrus Bowl or the Outback Bowl, which are both New Year's Day bowls. So they're mm-hmm. both decent bowl games mm-hmm. for the Gophers, anyways. And uh, one of the projections has the Gophers playing Tennessee, which is seven and five and has no offense. And even our guy Manny's like, yeah, the Gophers would smoke Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Chip said the same thing too. So. And uh, the other options would be Auburn or Alabama Oof. in the Citrus Bowl. And I said, give me Tennessee, give me the eleven and two record and some feel good going <laughs> into the off season. And Judd said. Uh-uh, I want the test. And my, my retort is like,
5: Test I think For what? The already, season's over. What you, are you testing? You got the test. That's yeah. what I said. You got the test. Then I can the, give my players.
3: The a, test happened last weekend and you failed it.
5: And that's I fine. I want my players to have to work. But some of those players won't even be here next year. But some of them will be. But who Rashawn cares? Rashad Bateman will be. Tanner no, no, Morgan no, no, no. will be. No, no, no. This is an advertisement. That, right. that bowl game is strictly an but advertisement. I'm, I'm using it for recruits. B- Man, it doesn't look good getting your ass handed to you by Auburn or or Alabama on New Year's Day. No,
6: no, no. You know what? You guys get out of the boat right now. (laughs) Get out of the boat. You two are this path of least resistance. Do you think PJ and I, when we talk, talk about the path of least resistance? We talk about challenging young minds and young men to be the best that they possibly can be. And you know what doesn't do
5: that? The Tennessee Volunteers. I want I want an advertisement for this program. If I'm if I'm the Gophers, if I'm you a Gophers what? fan, I want I'm an advertisement you, for this program in future. Recruits. I'm putting you both on a
6: life raft and throwing you
5: all off the rest. Ball. All the rest of that stuff mattered until now. All the rest of that I'm stuff that you're you talking about mattered until now. We're on to 2020 yeah. now, Right, mean, right. The best thing for 2020 and beyond is beating the hell out of somebody on New Year's Day, yeah. and hopefully some young recruit sees that and some cool-looking uniforms and says, I
3: want to play there for that guy. Obviously, the upside of beating Alabama or Auburn is far superior to the upside of beating Tennessee, but the chances of you actually doing that, and especially, do you think Nick Saban, of all coaches, is going to let... His team just sort of sleepwalk through a bowl game. They are going to look to terrorize Minnesota. That's what I want, though. I Gophers. want that. Bring on the heat. You don't, bring me the heat. If you lose 50 to 3 to Alabama <laughs> in the Citrus Bowl, two. look
6: at you two. You know what? I'm staying on the boat. It might be taken on water. But I'm,
5: I'm putting other people, I'm saving them. I'm, I'm staying on my boat. I'm jumping onto a rescue boat, and it says 2020 across the side. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. The you know tw- what? The 2019, you know who'd boat, be disappointed the 2019 you, boat has sunk. The skipper.
6: Because on Gilligan's <laughs> Island, what did he do? Three-hour cruise, he stayed on the boat to make sure they got
5: to safety. Safety. At least where they were, of course, marooned. I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the band in Titanic. That's not going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and just play a tune while we all drown. Well, that like, ain't happening. I
3: feel like Leo DiCaprio, where well, there's room on the boat and I'm like, Judd has kicked me off, and I'm just like in the water. and are <laughs> just, uh, just doggy paddling. So, i just saying, I think, uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's uh, Tennessee or Bus for the Gophers uh, going forward. Did you guys see? <laughs> Uh, the new James Bond trailer came out today. I did not. Proud to say I have not, and Looks I will. So not, good. And I won't see it. And I can't believe that Jonathan and I are the only James Bond fans in this room right here.
5: I've never been a big Bond guy. What? How I just <laughs> never I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the ones with Daniel Craig. Oh my oh God! Haven't, haven't seen have we ta- one. Have we never talked about. How did you hire this guy? Haven't yes. seen one Daniel I Craig. Bond. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah you how did. did. Was we, that not the first question? Ta- no, we've talked about this because we went a, through the
6: litany of I've I have never seen a Bond film, and Rami volunteered that up.
5: My dad loved Bond uh. movies growing up, so I saw the Sean Connery ones, Roger Moore. The, the Roger Moore all. ones
3: are kind of cartoony,
5: but yeah, watched those all growing up, and then just wasn't a thing that carried on with me. Yeah. So are you not an action movie guy? Or no, was- I like action movies. Big fan of action movies. What are you doing? And I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with Bond. It's just not been on my radar till now. I think it's now. time for Rami goes to the movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This has to happen. Is this before or after
0: the
6: musical he has to go to?
5: No, I, that wouldn't no, be the a, musical punishment. Is a punishment. That wouldn't be a punishment. James okay. Bond right. isn't punishment. I, I, I'm, sure probably, you, I'm sure they're probably yeah. at least good movies. I would There's be honored. better
3: than good. I'd be honored to cater a list of new Bond movies yes. for you to watch.
5: You can do that, but this ain't happening until after Christmas, because all my movie watching between now and December 25th will be Christmas movies. I'll watch oh. Elf about a half dozen times between now and Christmas. I'll
0: watch Home Alone about Home Alone, a half dozen times.
5: Die Hard, uh, Christmas Vacation. It's a Wonderful Life. Maybe if you're not watching Die Hard, one, you're not hard. watching. Real Christmas, Christmas story. Dude, Die, Die Hard
3: two, another great Christmas movie was on last night. <laughs> Love Die Hard. Yeah. Love that you know. Die Hard one uh, and two are both Christmas
5: movies. No, I think it's not. That oh. hurts, great, but it's not a Christmas. Movie, one of so. these Star yeah, Wars okay. movies is a Christmas movie. I'm trying to remember oh, which one. Okay. They made a
0: Star Wars Christmas, but you can never find no, it. Yeah, you can't find that. Although you can find <laughs> they did just- Chewie. <laughs> why can find- you find it? You can it's find bad, That's why.
5: Okay. I think if you, I think you can find on YouTube Chewbacca singing Silent Night, <laughs> yes. which is amazing. It's great, but what? What of the Star Wars? Actually, somebody put this up last year or two years ago. If you start it at just the right time, the Death Star blows up as the ball drops on new year's eve yeah. wow it's amazing wow. done it twice now it's amazing great oh wow. I, I, I thought i didn't care about bond films but then we went to star wars
3: <laughs> Can we talk more about bond films i i need to know why is it that a couple of red blood
5: males like you two have never gotten into james bond well, like i said movies. i'm not against it i'm not i'm and i'm not here to knock it i'm just, it's just not been something that's been on my radar till now I'll give it a try. I would give it a chance. I hear they're good. Daniel Craig's a Daniel fine Craig's actor. Amazing. I think,
3: honestly, I think I, th- I think if you were to watch, and Jonathan, you tell me if I'm right or wrong on this. If Rami and the audience, I'm sure there's people in the audience who are also never going to listen to the show again because you guys don't like James Bond. Sure, yeah, we it's lost fine. a Thanks whole that, bunch guys. of Q but, right now. But no time. <laughs> young,
0: young listeners are bailing.
3: But <laughs> cas- Casino Royale. If if he yep. started with Casino Royale and Skyfall, yeah. He'd be converted forever, right?
0: I think so, yeah. Those are two of the better, if not the best, Bond films.
3: I think it's possible that Daniel Craig has two of the three greatest Bond movies ever made in the 50-plus year history. How many did Sean Connery make? Seven, I want to say. All right. I think seven or eight. He also made one that was unofficial. That they did. They did like a remake of one um, in like the early '80s when he was gray.
5: And I stuff. barely remember those. Like like I said, I watched those growing up with my dad as a little kid, and I just remember the uh, the giant dude with the 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 weird teeth, the villain, the giant guy with the weird teeth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, then yeah, the yeah, what's that guy's name? He's like super oh, tall. I forget.
3: He's got the uh, gold teeth. Guy. And then yeah. uh, the guy who would throw his hat. The dude who is who would throw his hat. Yeah, Goldfinger guy. Okay. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, throw his hat. Yeah. So what okay and so it had like a blade Jaws? It had a blade on the yes. brim? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um so here here's my my spin-off question uh to that cuz whenever we've waited us Bond fans have waited 5 years for this trailer to come out. 2015 Is there, there
5: a new Bond being introduced in this? A female yes. Bond?
3: Yes. A okay. new, there's a new 007 or a new or a new 00 okay. being introduced All right. Us. Yeah. Uh James Bond 007 is still doing his thing but there's like another double 0 Okay, and uh, No Time to Die is what the movie's called. All right, great. So we've this is the this is the longest gap in I think like thirty years between Bond movies. Just but been hasn't
5: time. Daniel Craig said like three times I never want to play James Bond again? Yes, and, and this then will probably just be his throw last. Throw one. money at him, yeah. and he's this like, will, I'll i mean, do Why it again.
0: wouldn't you want to play James Bond? Look at the money you bring in.
5: Yeah, but I think I think I get it's a
3: physically demanding role, but when, but when, of money? when you don't really need that much money anymore Fair because enough. you've <laughs> already made a bunch of money and you'd rather just go do something else. Right. So that's kind of where he's at. So what are the things do you guys get excited for anything in sports or entertainment like James Bond trailers coming out these these people who wait outside for Star Wars tickets like mm-hmm. the the Jonathan Harrison level mm-hmm. Star Wars fans mm-hmm. that's me for James Bond movies I will be like get me a ticket to a, a a premiere and wait in line to watch this movie is there anything in your guys lives besides Star Wars that you get that excited for
5: sports wise or just Any, anything, just anything. I don't know. I hate waiting in lines, man. Like I won't even go to Star Wars on opening night. I'll go Marvel movies for me. I won't even go to Marvel movies opening night. Uh, I'll go I'll every go, single one of them. I'll go catch a matinee like the weekend after they open, just so I can just so I can enjoy it and not be around a bunch of gross people. Um, so <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, don't I know like that, how you think at I least. I don't, I don't know, know that there's has grease
0: streaks. On yeah, exactly.
5: That's camera. that's my grease. Okay, that's not other people's grease. That's my grease. <laughs> Your little quirks, man, really <laughs> odd. <laughs> They're really sort of
6: odd. I appreciate. I can't them argue with odd. that.
5: I know I'm weird. It's my um, grease, but I don't. I don't know that there's anything that I'm going to go. You and touch like, my cell phone. What, hell no! I'm not <laughs> going to go and wait in line for a movie, or I don't. No, I don't know if there is. Judd, is there anything like that for you? I once was supposed so to be. Is
6: this is, is this something I would have to go to to like to wait for. So, so I, like, I, you, I physically uh, well, okay, have to get my body for, somewhere. Forget
3: about the line part for a second. All right. James Bond movies coming around every five years or whatever now. It's been five years. Yeah. Are like top three or top five things I get most excited for. Whether it's waiting in the line or not.
6: Do I but still have what like, like What's that? on that list for you guys? I used or to or as a just, kid have a are bunch. are just dead inside? Just, for- no, I mean, I, it, it used to be opening day in baseball for me, but that's been so diluted by weird opening days and overseas and so stuff. So you're dead inside. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of stuff. Yeah, this is the
0: opening day for me is there. Just it feels cool to have baseball back. Every there have year.
5: been I don't know that there are any now, but there have been TV shows that when their season premiere came around, I was just giddy, like The Walking Dead in its prime or um, Law and Order. No, never Law and Order, really. <laughs> um, but like so, some of the, some of my favorite TV shows. Like every week, I was like, oh man, another episode, and I could not wait for the night of the episode to be released or for the new season to be released. So. Uh, I guess there are a few but never I don't, again i'm very anti-waiting in line i was supposed to meet danny and declan out for a drink one night in my neighborhood like across the street from my apartment building and i walked over to the bar and there was a line and i turned around and i texted him there's a line and i don't wait in line for bars i'm going home you
6: <laughs> I'm, know i'm very very I actually appre- anti-line i actually <laughs> appreciate that though <laughs> At your age, that's a good move. Yeah. No, man. if you're twenty five or something, I'd wait. But forty,
3: no way. No, that's where twenty five year olds are just being idiots. I think I'm, there's so many bars that you don't have to wait in line for. Them. The more you don't be it, fooled by the line, the line. The more you goes. mention it, I think I'm dead inside.
6: Well, I get excited by I get excited sometimes for things, but they're not necessarily planned out like a Bond premiere or something can't think of anything right now ahead that really excites me
5: that much. A good meal. We were just talking about my favorite <laughs> restaurant back in Milwaukee, the Vanguard. If I know I'm going to Vanguard, Ooh, buddy, I'm excited. I'm giddy. I'm ready to go. Are you waiting in line? I might wait in line for Vanguard. How long? I might. How long would you wait for? 15, 20 minutes, maybe. Maybe. Not, that's not very long. For
7: is that really a excited. line at that point? No, that's, sure a, norm, it is. that's no. a
5: normal wait. That's a really normal wait. Hey, phone lines, real quick. I actually, what? I I think I waited for. They were doing like every New Year's Day. They do uh, they do ramen at at Vanguard. Nice. And I think I think I waited for like an hour for ramen okay. at the line. Vanguard one. That's a yeah. wait.
3: All right, phone lines, real quick. What are the things? Does uh, what are your James Bond <laughs> excitement level things? Six five one six four six eight two five five. And, <laughs> and why and, am I dead inside? You I feel like I'm dying inside. Uh, I feel I like I'm not too far that. from being judged.
5: Why am I dead inside? It was way too hard for me to answer that. The fact that the Judd in 10 minutes
3: has not come up with an answer for what gets you excited. <laughs> like you're asking the wrong people it's that disturbing. question.
6: <laughs> I don't think I have anything, and I'm not joking, and I'm trying to think of something that really excites me. I mean, things pop up every now and then that I get to go to that are cool, but is there anything I'm truly excited about? No. Really.
5: I, mean, like, I, I do love Christmas season. Game
6: like, 7 in the Stanley Cup?
5: Uh, it's okay. Tonight I'm going to uh, pick up a new Christmas tree on the way home. From work, and uh, me and my girlfriend are going to decorate the apartment, and I cannot wait. Uh, a full, fired uh, up full size oh, Christmas bush? No, full size Christmas tree. We all I always had a little mini Christmas tree, but now. It I'm, I'm getting a full size Christmas what? tree. We're getting some calls here six five one got six four six eight two. Five, full of no decorations. What? Christmas is throwing up on my apartment. Tonight. Cr-
6: Christmas gets old quick though.
5: No, what is wrong? No. with No, gets
6: old quick. No, no man. I'm just telling. you, I like Thanksgiving a lot, no. and the start of Christmas season I really like, and then it gets old quick. You know what I really hate? Those two weeks, man. By the end of Christmas season, I'm so ready to go back to work. Not grinch, man. Give me a month. No, I like what I do. Give me a month
3: of Christmas decorations,
5: oh, like no. flannel pants. Christmas so cookies, Christmas no. movies, hot cocoa. All right, oh, buddy.
3: Tate, you're on with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. What? Okay. What? What is your equivalent? I get so pumped for James Bond trailers coming out. Uh, Judd is dead inside, and Rami somewhere in Only between. likes food yeah. and Christmas. Yeah. So, Tate, where are you at?
2: Uh, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to admit it, but it's it's draft day for fantasy football, guys.
5: That's a good
3: one. All right.
2: That's it. I almost get more excited about that than the actual regular season. It's it's one of my guilty pleasures.
3: So I would uh, I would agree with Tate on that. Thank you for the phone call. Except I would spin it to fantasy baseball. Still, I'm one of like the six people in the world that still, still get sick. Except for fantasy baseball. baseball. Do you know how long well those drafts though they take so long? I love it for rotisserie baseball. Our auction takes nine hours, and I get so mad in like the last your, hour when it's your almost future over.
6: wife tweeted out a note last year while you were at the uh, auction. That she—that's uh, the one thing that's that basically she I lose my boyfriend by. once a once a year on this day
3: I lose my boyfriend. Uh,
2: Jeff in Texas. So I'm close to Judd's dead inside because <laughs> Hi, Jeff. the last episode of Breaking Bad was like, what the hell am I going to do now? But so Justified saved me a little bit, and Game of Thrones saved me, but that was like a huge disappointment. <laughs> so now I can sit around. I'm waiting for picking. Pinky blinders. That's a good one. Drop next. Wait, and no, then, they just
5: did. You see season five? They released season five earlier this year.
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah, all right. I've seen it. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> just like making sure we're all caught up. Ca- yeah, and like the Okay, I won't put any spoilers out there. But like, <laughs> yeah, I haven't end? seen it
5: yet. Don't spoil. I haven't it, seen the end. I've only, no, I'm only like five or six episodes in.
2: But then taboo. Where they what? had
4: one episode of taboo and where. Where is it? You know,
2: I, I then,
5: watched the first episode of that, and I was
2: I was out. It didn't it
5: didn't catch it didn't capture me. Oh, you going to watch it. Right. And then what
2: about and then Better Call Saul? Where's Where's the next season of Better Call Saul? We so do need
5: fine. a new season of Better Call Saul.
2: Yeah. God, I watch that's, way too thanks, much guys. TV. Jeff, thanks thanks for, Jeff.
5: thanks for the phone call, man. I, I watch that. way too much TV. I, I realize that uh, every time somebody's like talking how about their favorite show, I'm like, oh, that's it? a great show. Oh, that's good. How do you watch
3: that many shows? I don't know, man. Okay. I don't know. Okay, let's circle back to the Christmas thing here because I have a feeling that I need to peel back the layers of Grinch Judd here again.
6: Not Grinch. I like the start of Christmas season. It just gets
3: old. What is the acceptable start of Christmas season for you? In terms of like Christmas music and decorations and spirit.
6: Play it right now. I don't care. That's fine. What I'm saying is I like the start of the season, and Thanksgiving to me is great. Because it's bang, it's a burst of a few days off and then you're back. I'm not trying to to legislate when Christmas season should be. What I'm saying is by the time Christmas Day gets here, I'm just bored with it. It takes too long. And then New Year's, everyone takes too much time off. I want to get back to routine. I like routine. I'm like a baseball player. I want routine back. So I'm not trying to to spoil the fun. I'm just telling you, I get bored okay. with it and wish it went quicker.
5: For me, it's the day after Thanksgiving. Any Christmas, the day any, be- any Christmas. I'm fine. not that. Any Christmas before Thanksgiving, I got a problem with it. Why? Like if you're just doing it because the weather is good enough that I can hang my lights on my house and I don't want to be out there in snow and ice, so you want to, You can hang them. Don't light them up. So and don't, against people being jolly and don't you dare play any Christmas music around me before Thanksgiving hmm. oh it was playing don't do it why weeks you gotta,
0: before
3: Thanksgiving don't why, do it why you gotta do that it's just
5: too much Christmas
3: Jonathan on what date did you start playing Christmas music
0: uh when one of the local stations started playing it and then I'm just like yeah okay
3: uh November 1st in our yeah. what in our yep. abode I, I went out a couple of th- days ago to Aren't uh, you tired of it by now No, no man I got Never. S- I have six different Spotify playlists yep. of Christmas yep. music I I went out <laughs> a, v- a wide variety last week How do you
6: need six different playlists? Because there's a lot of different Christmas Christmas music To clean off the the uh, wife's car I started it the satellite in the car already on the Christmas channel
3: yeah. yeah I'm telling you Six different playlists here. you got Coffee House Christmas, just kind of a mellow, sure, warm, yeah. you know, low key. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got uh, Happy wait. Happy Holidays is more of a, wait, a hold generic on. Wait, wait, list. wait, wait.
6: What's Coffee House Christmas again? Oh, it's just kind of a,
5: you know, it's like it's acoustic like, guitars, yeah, acoustic soft voices. So it's <laughs>
6: like if I go into a caribou and some person's right, playing. Perfect, yes. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Stop it. Uh, exactly.
5: Peaceful uh, Christmas piano playlist on here. Okay. Oh, I like that. That's good. good. Yeah. You have yeah. Poppy great. Christmas? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, well you've Like you've, Mariah Carey, Boys to Men, Run yep. DMC. Uh, there's
3: Christmas pop and Christmas hits on here, and then I also have Christmas classics like the Nat King Coles.
5: Christmas the, pop and Christmas are classics are that's my sweet spot. Okay. That's my wheelhouse right there. You can keep the rest of that but stuff. But you can't but, do it before Thanksgiving? No. No, you can do it before. No, nah, man. It's too much. I mean, if you want to do it, well, fine. Whatever you, you want, just... man. If you want to do it, just keep it to yourself. Wait, 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 wait. Why am I? Why, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait. Hold involved. on. Wait, wait, Rami. Why am I a
6: grouch for saying that it gets too long? But you won't do it before Thanksgiving. I'm fine before Thanksgiving with Christmas music. You just said that two
3: weeks of a Christmas window <laughs> is enough. So you're so you're already sick of Christmas <laughs> he's by just, like December
6: He's
5: 14th. just talking. He's just talking about not. He's... No, I'm talking about the pop and circumstance. The music's fine. Correct me, I don't okay. mind the music. I think you're just talking about the schedule. I'm talking, the about, schedule the, of Chris, I'm talking there, about the
6: schedule. And, it takes you
5: out of your work routine. Exactly. Blah, yeah, blah, blah, I, you know, I love the festive. You don't, you don't atmosphere. mind the music and the decorations no, those and are, everything
6: else. Those are fine. I'm talking about the actual slowdown it, it it's Christmas it t- to me is like old school basketball, four corners. Right? <laughs> we need a shot clock on it. What? <laughs> we need a shot clock on
5: Christmas to get it done to, to get through that time so we can all get back to our routine. Dude, every year <laughs> I strate- it's Gene Smith, man. I strategically save up vacation times just so I can use them all wrapped around Thanksgiving and Christmas. I think I'm off. <laughs> Mackie, correct me if I'm wrong. I have it in front of Don't me. Don't even know when i I think I'm off You're from, so high f- maintenance. from December 18th till the end of the year, if I'm not mistaken. I think I I'm off see. the
0: 21st. How
6: are you not going to go stir
0: crazy? <laughs> Because, Judd, he's got like 20 million TV shows
5: to watch. Exactly. Got some catching I'm up right to there do. And right with Christmas movie. Actually, oh. your
3: first off day is tomorrow, and you're off for the whole month.
5: <laughs> <laughs> and I just got back from Thanksgiving break. <laughs>
3: uh, and speaking of, when we come back here, we need Rami's Vikings takes. We, we've we gone a week without Rami's Vikings takes. takes on this show. I got takes. Also, Xavier Rhodes apologized, and uh, we'll sweet. get to that, too. So, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North app, powered in part, by Federated Mutual Insurance Company, which is here to give business owners peace of mind. Uh, There's business owners listening to our show, and you probably had situations, or if you haven't, you likely will in the future, where something happens that puts you on the defense, you and your business, that you built with your bare hands, and that uh, you have spent weeks and months and years potentially grinding and riding the roller coaster. And that's where Federated Insurance comes in, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, With over a century of experience in standing behind business owners, they're here to give you the frontline protection that you need. A custom playbook of specialty insurance products and risk management strategies for your business. With Federated, you tap into experience and you get a face-to-face relationship with someone who will be very attentive to the success of your business. The website is federatedinsurance.com and that's where you can find a full list of all the industries Federated protects. Federated. It's their business to protect yours. TCL is a
2: proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three, four. It's Mackie and Judd
7: with Rami. With Rami. just want to start off by saying I just apologize to the organization, my team, my family. You know how I reacted out down that field Monday night. I mean that's not a way I should carry myself, especially as a leader on this team. I uh, apologize. Just definitely cousin. You know, and the things he have taught me I should never react that way towards him or towards my team period. Like I say, man, this is a place right now where I feel like, you know, I can I can do better and I can help my team out much more. We can be in a better situation and do and do make the game a lot easier on my team rather than me hurting us in the middle of the game. That was Xavier Rhodes,
3: courtesy of Vikings.com, apologizing can I ask you a question? for his poor play. Yes you can.
6: Hello, Judd. Hasn't he melted down several times before on the sideline? And and don't he and Zim get get into it like a parent and kid? Fairly frequently for this league, he apologized like this never happens. I feel like I've seen Xavier Rhodes, and this is not a knock. I just feel like I've seen him melt down on the sideline, and Mike yell back at him, and him yell back at Mike. And I feel like I've seen him, if not spike his helmet before, yeah, slam it down.
3: He actually, so he commented. I'm going to play a couple more clips here too, because sort of off what you're saying. You know, where did that frustration come from? This is what he said.
7: Honestly, I just can't say it's just been that play. It's just been what's been going on this year, you know, and um, I've been battling some things, but uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse, you know. When I'm out there on that field, I'm not there. Everything I'm battling, I have to go away. You know, I have to go out there and and play for the guy inside of me because I know if I mess up like I messed up on that one play, that's what it's going to lead up to. And like I said, I've been in this league for a while, seven years, and I should know that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't come to this point where I'm just figuring that out, preparing to into it, you know, and just, just that, you know, I just know now that what I need to work on, what I need to do.
3: This uh, series of quotes and sort of apologies mm-hmm. from Xavier Rhodes makes me think a lot higher of him than, not that I thought, like, poorly of him as a person or anything before uh, a couple days ago, but I just, I love it. I love that he came out. You know He reacted the way that he did. He slammed his helmet, and he was arguing with teammates and the coach. And But he's been playing like trash all year, and a lot of guys are just in denial. And I think the fact that he comes out and just flat out owns the elephant in the room, takes accountability, it's not going to fix his bad play. It's not going to make the Vikings' defense better this weekend. But I love the fact that he raised his hand and said, I made mistakes. I've been playing like crap. I've reacted like crap. And here I am. Throw questions at me. I think that's cool.
5: Yeah. When you see outbursts like he had on the sidelines, you don't want to see it, and it's not good for a football team. But at the same time, it's also not the end of the world. You see stuff on like that on NFL sidelines all the time. And B, I get it. I mean, I've been frustrated. I I slam stuff on the ground. I might I might punch a wall if I if my if if my fuse is really lit. Yeah. So I, I get it, and I, I don't hold it against a guy that doesn't that doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't mean he has he has a hot temper. He's a bad teammate. That's a dude who's frustrated. That's a dude who's been good, not just good, dominant at football his whole life, at every level he's ever played, and all of a sudden he can't stop a wide receiver. Like, just imagine being dominant at something your whole life, yeah. and then all of a sudden you don't know how to do it anymore. That's that's frustrating as hell, man. I I, I would have an outburst too of some sort. I'm guessing if I was in that situation, if I was ever that good at something and then fell as as far and as fast. Mm-hmm. As he did, that's that's a human reaction that we saw on the sideline from Xavier Rhodes on Monday. Apologize, don't apologize. I don't care. I don't care.
6: Do your job. And the problem is, but the pro. Okay, the problem though isn't the quotes from Rhodes because after the game, what his one line was, "I'm out the door," and then he left and didn't talk. And then today, clearly, he calmed down. Or somebody got to him and said, "Dude, that really looked bad," and he said, "Okay, that's a good point," and apologized. And from Everything that Collar tells me, Xavier Rhodes is a very, very bright individual, and he's very smart. Um, It bothers me more that that it seems like, and not just through his words, but more importantly his actions, that the head coach keeps going to this well and not saying something's wrong and I can't play you consistently. 60 snaps on Monday night is just way too much. Out of
3: how many was it, like, most most of the game? uh, He missed two series, but...
6: Mike Hughes got 19 and... Here's the amazing statistic, Holton Hill, one defensive snap. And Holton Hill can play, and I know he had troubles, but he but he can play. Uh, but beyond the words that these guys are saying, what bothers me is the lack of recognition that when it comes to Rhodes' playing time, it really to be altered, and I thought it would
5: be by now, and it's continually not. So Doesn't, it, doesn't that tell you, though, that they're seeing something in practice that Holton Hill is not the answer? Um, but the problem is Rhodes is not the answer Because you got to think that they've tried that, that that thought has run across somebody's mind of, hey, this hasn't been good with you know, Rhodes, and it hasn't been good with Hughes, and it hasn't really been that good with Trey Waynes. Maybe let's give Holton Hill a chance. They, <laughs> we can't be the only ones thinking that. And Now, here's the problem, I
6: think. I think Zimmer's loyalty to Rhodes runs so deep that he keeps thinking it will get
3: fixed, and it doesn't. I'm more on Judd's side with this. I honestly think the number attached to his name financially is a factor, not that it should be, but I think I think that's a factor. I think the fact that, that Xavier Rhodes has been Mike Zimmer's pet project since the day he was drafted five years ago or whatever it's been, I think all those things, like, it's a big move to take a guy who you've been working on for that long and a guy that makes that much money for just putting myself in Mike Zimmer's shoes. It's a big, big move to say, hey, man, you're not starting and you're only going to play a few series when Holton Hill or Mike Hughes needs a breather. I think it's been hard for Mike Zimmer to fully come to terms
5: with that level of decision. I guess I get that. I, I'm I've been accused of being loyal to a fault, like to the point where where it even hurts me. But I'm not an NFL head coach. My job's not on the line. A season's not on the line. Correct. When I do those things, you don't have 53 other guys, 52 other guys, other than Xavier Rhodes, probably looking at you, going, "Dude, what are we doing here?" Like, love X, good dude, great teammate. I, I'm good with them. But what do we do? Are we trying to win football games or not? And as far as the money, I, my philosophy has always been whenever somebody says, and this happens across every sport, you're paying them that much, you got to play them, I'd rather pay you to do nothing than pay you to hurt me. And right now, Xavier Rhodes is hurting you. And I don't care what the price tag
6: is, Xavier Rhodes is hurting you. And Rhodes' quote, though, that, that Phil just played is very intriguing because he says, I'm going through something. And I'll go back to what we talked about on the Wednesday show is if you watch Rhodes try and play right now, he clearly is hobbling. Like, this guy is not running normal. And so if he's going through something, to me, if you're Zimmer, that provides you even more justification to say, yeah, you can't play as much, and it might not even because I think you stink. It might be because you
3: can't really run very well. The biggest play in question in that game, or the the play that sort of sparked the the benching for two series of Xavier Rhodes was he thought he had safety help over the top. Harrison Smith was on the line of scrimmage. I think you figure he would have saw Harrison Smith and whether he got burned or thought there was safety coverage, uh, there was a clear miscommunication and he came back to the sidelines and he was the one that was pissed off and was being told by his teammates, no man, you messed up. Uh, This was his reaction.
7: One play I particularly, you know, I really, it was my fault on the play on text touchdown, and uh, that's how I'm going to leave it. not getting any details about that. It was 100% my fault. No one no, no one else. You know, I was supposed to be at a certain spot at a certain time, and I wasn't there. And uh, like I say, you know, I'm, I'm a leader on this team. I've been a leader for a while, and I need to do better and play my role a lot better than I've been playing lately.
5: Did you see the exchange between him and Harrison Smith on the sideline after that play? Yeah, he, like, grabbed Harrison's head. It looked like Harrison Smith took the blame for it. On the side, now I'm just going, I couldn't read, there wasn't any lip reading to do because Xavier Rhodes kind of said it right into his ear. I'm just going off body language and the way that Harrison's, and his facial expression, the way that Harrison Smith reacted to whatever Xavier Rhodes said. It looked like he sat back and had a look on his face like, damn, I blew it. You know what I mean? And kind of shook his head. So I'm surprised that, and maybe he's just saying that, maybe he's protecting his teammate it looked to me like Harrison Smith on the sideline felt like he he blew the call. So here here's my interpretation
3: of cuz I I saw the same interaction that you did. I think a lot of fans probably saw it, it's where Xavier Rhodes walked up and put his hands on the side of Harrison Smith's head and they like were forehead to forehead. Yeah. And
5: so I thought Harrison Smith which is how we do all our show meetings. It is. Right. Yeah. Just forehead head to forehead. Exactly. The three of us. <laughs> Just sweating <laughs> wearing football shoulder pads. It's true. <laughs>
3: Taking blame for things. Really sorry about that uh, second segment today, guys. It's There's totally a bit my fault. that
5: Colbert does where it's supposed to be like an intimate, private conversation, so him and his guest will literally both stick their heads in opposite ends of a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a fisheye lens camera in there. It's great. But I'm sorry. Carry
3: on. We'll do that at some okay, point. Okay, yeah. down. So I think my interpretation was Harrison Smith was annoyed by Xavier Rhodes' reaction on the sidelines. And he was just literally trying to say, "Yeah, whatever, dude." Like, just, just stop talking I- to I- me. I'm annoyed by this. Right, we just give him a touchdown. Just get out of my face. Not that they don't like each other, but just like in this moment, I'm annoyed by it. Right. And if I and again, I I, I doubt if anyone's going to lay out exactly what the what the play should have been. But sure. my interpretation is that Xavier Rhodes thought there were two safeties over the top, and Harris was on the far side from Xavier Rhodes, and so he thought Harrison Smith was going to be behind him on the near side. Well, Harrison Smith was literally on the line of scrimmage next to the def- next to uh, I think Everson Griffin. Yeah, and he was in front of Xavier Rhodes, who was playing I don't know eight yards off the ball, ten yards off the ball, whatever it was. So on TV, you see the replay and you think, well, how does he not see Harrison Smith there? But he's probably locked in on different things. And so did Harrison Smith deviate from what the because actual does, play call should does, have been? He, he does
5: freestyle sometimes.
3: Did he freestyle thinking? hey, Xavier and I have played together long enough. He sees me. He knows that I'm not back That's what I thought.
6: I don't know. And I think during the course of the bye week that Zimmer probably told the corners, I'm going to get you, against this team in particular, more safety help, right? But what makes Harrison Smith so damn good is very simple. He's a rover. So he has, I, I think he has the ability and has been told that to a certain degree, you can freelance some yeah. things, right? Because what makes this defense go is if I'm an offensive player against this defense, 22 is a nightmare because I don't know where he's going to be. So if he plays traditional safety, it makes my job pretty simple, right? Yeah. So I think Rhodes was, was upset by something that he's seen a thousand times, which is Smith saw something came up and Rhodes like, no, no, no. But the problem is Rhodes is paid that salary. And three years ago was so great because if Harrison did that, nobody cared and it worked. Yeah.
3: Also, this other- is
6: why the frustration thing, I think, got basically a screen match between Zimmer, Rhodes, and then Rhodes going to Smith, who probably said, I was doing what I'm supposed to do, dude. But
3: yeah, that's fine. And the other elephant in the room here is that Xavier Rhodes, we're sort of left here like wondering if Xavier Rhodes can get a little safety help, and that's never been a thing. Like He's never been the guy that just needs a little safety help. Right. He's just the guy that you put on the best receiver, and he shadows them, and you shut them down. 651-646-8255. Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North, and the Score North app. Uh, you can give our podcast a five-star review, and uh, that would make us feel validated. Andrew and Shakopee, you're on the show.
2: Hey, guys. That's about touching a couple things. Uh, first off, I kind of want to just know your opinion on this. Uh, let's be clear, the writing's on the wall. Xavier's not going to be back next season. I don't see him taking a pay cut. I don't see him paying him anything. I don't even see him wanting to give the guy a pay cut. So the writing's on the wall. He's not going to be back next year. So is Mike Zimmer really ready to lose his job over a guy who's probably out the door anyways after this year? And and can Spielman sit there and let – Zimmer lose his job over this because the writing's on the wall that if Zimmer's gone, Spielman's probably gone. So how can Spielman sit there? And I just don't know how all this can just go on. You, I mean, there's too many jobs at stake. And for a guy who's he's going to be gone after this year, I mean, it's it's a foregone conclusion. Any, everybody knows that nobody wants to talk about it within the organization, obviously, because the guy's been here forever. He had good years. But I mean, he's not going to be back next year, so I just don't see why they're so loyal at this point. I just, I, I don't know. What, what's your guys' thought on that? I want—I got one more thing I want to
3: ask. For sure, hey Andrew. Uh, well, let's let's call back on the next thing uh, either either tomorrow or later in the week, just because we're we're kind of flying through some different topics here. Thank you for the first question. Um, again, I think. I don't think Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman are sitting in their chairs when they're eight and four. They're going to go to the playoffs thinking, boy, my job's on the line if I don't bench Xavier Rhodes. I honestly think Mike Zimmer looks at Xavier Rhodes and says, he's not the same player he was, but he's still one of the best options that we can put on the field. And that's where, that's where, like to what Judd said, Holton Hill had one snap. Well, if you put Holton Hill out there for 30 snaps, is he better than Xavier Rhodes? Obviously, Mike Zimmer thinks no. We think probably yes. Yeah. And, but Mike also I don't know if thinks find
6: out. Mike's big thing too is the one thing he has consistently done defensively, which at times probably can be a little bit destructive, right? Is he's been loyal as can be. Griffin's back. Anthony Barr was gone. That money could have been allocated yeah. elsewhere. And he came back. And yes, he's a good player, but there's a lot of teams that that when Barr called you from New York and said, I want to come back, I said, Oh, sorry, dude, that's gone. So it's frustrating that Mike doesn't change what he does here with Rhodes because I think we all watch Rhodes struggle on a weekly basis and think, what are you doing? But if you think about it, too, it's not shocking. He's, he's very consistent in, in the fact that defensively he's got his guys. Now, the one thing that does try my patience a bit, though, when, when it comes to Zim and his defensive players is this. If that had been an offensive player on Monday night, let's say. Let's say it's a receiver, okay? So so the road screw-ups are a receiver or a special teams guy, mm-hmm. kicker. Mike would not be singing their praises right now and saying, good kid, I really like him. Mike would say, we got to make those plays. This is ridiculous. So if I play for Mike, and I'm not on the defensive side of the ball, I would be getting a little frustrated with, hold on a second here. Your guys aren't held to, at least externally the same uh the same threshold that kickers punters sometimes qbs i.e. case keenum right receivers that's a little bit fr- frustrating cuz he continues to defend roads like i don't know right. what you guys are talking
3: about but is it but to me it's it's less about evening the scoreboard of calling guys out in the media and it's more about what is the thing or the whether it's what you say or do what is the thing that's going to produce the result that you want right is calling out Xavier Rhodes for being too old and unable to no, run fast... I'm saying almost a say. Result. I'm
6: saying almost say nothing at this point. Publicly, I would say nothing. I just think it's it's intriguing that he defends Rhodes. He could just say, he's got
5: to improve. Yeah, that's true. And, and he, say nothing else. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to call him out. But there's a way to hold him accountable. Not, and when I say hold him accountable, I don't mean like Xavier Rhodes did something wrong. I mean... Performance wise, guys need to be held accountable. And if you're not playing up to the level that Mike Zimmer needs you to play at, if there's a better option, you got to go to that better option. You have to. That's, that's literally your job as a coach is to decide who is going to go out there on the field yeah. and give me the best chance to win a football game. And Judd's right. I don't think the other guys in that locker room are looking at Mike Zimmer and, and 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 waiting for him to go off on Xavier Rhodes in the locker room but they are looking at him and going is that the best option is that the best guy you can throw out there to give the rest of us the best chance we can have to win a football game yeah that's got to be going through some guys minds in that locker room yeah. right now has to be uh we
3: got a few le- a few minutes left here talking Vikings in this segment
5: before we uh
3: take a break here and rami i think uh, the floor is yours you've you've you w- give us like your best Vikings take that you've been saving up the last couple of days since the Vikings played Seattle.
5: Give us like your best or hottest or most controversial take. What do you got for us? That loss was not a big deal, and I actually feel better about their Super Bowl chances after that than I did before Monday night. Wow, how's that? Is that hot enough? um Sizzling. Judd has turned got a head. little sizzle on it. So.
3: While I agree with you that that loss in a vacuum is not a terrible loss, because again in a vacuum it's at Seattle, Kirk Cousins played really well for the most part. Uh, You came, you you had a lead at halftime. You came back in the fourth quarter. There's a lot of good things to hang your hat on, and you did all those things without Adam Thielen with with Riley Reef dinged with a concussion and Dalvin Cook got knocked out of the game. So in a vacuum, I'm with you. I mean that's that's not a loss that you're going to lose a lot of sleep over if it's just. One game on a, on a schedule against Seattle. Mm -hmm. But the second part of your take is ridiculous. Why is that? To feel better about their chances to go to a Super Bowl. I do. After they've mathematically basically eliminated their chances of playing home playoff games. But they haven't. They can still win the division. The Packers are gonna have to lose to either the Bears at home. Yeah. The, is it the Lions? Uh, And some other crappy team besides the
5: Vikings. Washington on Sunday.
3: Washington. The Vikings have to run the table and hope that the Packers lose another game
5: as well. Washington, that's probably not going to happen. The other two teams, I can very well see the Packers stumbling at this point. The Packers have steadily been declining for about four or five weeks now. And, And they've gotten wins in most of those games, but I've watched just about every snap of those games. And that football team doesn't do a lot to impress me. They did the first four or five weeks of the season, and I really thought with the young talent that they had on the defensive side of the football and Mike Pettin, who I think is a very good defensive coordinator, that that defense would just get better as the season went on and Aaron Rodgers would pick up LaFleur's offense and that would be clicking at, at a higher level than than it was at the start of the season. But neither of those things have happened. The offense has stayed level, which has not been good, and the defense has taken steps back. I think the Packers very well could stumble in one of these last four games, including the Vikings and another one. I don't think winning this division is out of the question. But even that being said, when you talk about going on the road in the playoffs and winning football games, I'm not saying I would pick them to go to Seattle and win. I'm not saying I would pick them to go to New Orleans and win or San Francisco or Green Bay or wherever else that they might end up. But I certainly give them a chance, and I feel better about that chance after Monday night because I watched the Vikings, without their all-pro running back for a half, without their left tackle for at least a half, without their second-best wide receiver for the entirety of the game, go toe-to-toe with the Seahawks. Answer every shot and come up one possession short of winning that football game. Give them, give them a full strength offense. And look, we're sitting here talking about the defense being a problem and it is. And I've been saying that for four or five weeks now. And people are finally starting to come around to see things my way. But I think that that offense at full strength clicking at its peak, uh, its, its peak abilities can go into Seattle and outscore the Seahawks, can go into New Orleans and outscore Saints, can go into San Francisco and outscore the 49ers. It's an offensive football team now. It's not a defensive football team anymore, and that's what you're going to have to do is win shootouts with those teams on the road. Would I pick them to do it? Would I predict that they're going to do it? Probably not. Do I give them a legit chance to do it after Monday night? Yeah, I do. Oh, boy.
6: Hmm, I don't know where to start. Uh, I'll start here. I'll tell you the same thing that I told you on Score North Live. It's the exact same now as the Twins. Their offense is really good. Their their pitching defense, not good enough. And if you have to go to San Francisco, which has a killer defense, just great. And by the way, that offense there for the 49ers would be just fine. If you've got to go play the Saints there, uh uh-uh, sorry. I can see you're going to be a playoff team, and we've said that. And I could see you going to Green Bay. I wouldn't pick you, but if you won there, I'm not going to be shocked. But Super Bowl,
3: no way. Yeah. See, I don't here's the I can't thing. get there. Again, I'm. Uh, this and is Bill's more optimistic than I am. I think, but it's such a reach. I'm firm. This is where I'm. I'm firmly between you guys in that I very strongly believe that the Vikings can win road games against tough teams. That game against Seattle was bang bang. They had the ball down by four with a chance to win it. Uh, I think if Adam Thielen's on the field on that drive, I think you do win the game. You beat Dallas on the road. And even though Dallas, uh, their record is underperforming, look at their point differential. Look at their offense. This, I mean, Dallas, Dallas is a good team that just needs a better coach. They should have won the game against I Green agree. Bay. Yeah. They should have won the game against Green Bay at Lambeau Field. And I get that they're shooting themselves in the foot at the end of that Green Bay game with Kirk Cousins throwing a dumb interception. So like their undoing in some of these close road games is themselves. I'm not denying that, but. There's gonna come a time, potentially, on the road against New Orleans, maybe against the maybe it's against well, San Francisco is a really tough beat on that track. But let's say, you know, you go to Dallas again in a in a postseason game or Philadelphia or something. Like it wouldn't shock me at all if they won one of those games, but this is where I so that's where I'm with Rami. This is where I'm with Judd. They can't win three of those games in the playoffs. They're not gonna win three road games in the playoffs. And I don't think I don't think they're going to win the division because I don't think the Packers are going to lose. What a non-Vikings the, What are the game. chances,
5: though, given what the NFL playoffs are every year, that there isn't at least one upset in the playoffs and you get a home game as a result of that? But you'd need—that's the thing. Like you would need the wild. The, the upset would have to happen in the
3: first round, right? right. You'd have to have. Um, who's the other wild card team going to be? It looks right like it's going it's to be the
5: Niners. So it'd be the Niners Seattle or Seattle, took Seattle the lead right? in the division? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
3: So I guess I mean like Niners or Seattle. If 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 you got if you got lucky and Niners or Seattle upset whoever the top but seed you're was, you're relying on lots of luck there. Then, lots yeah, of lots a, of luck. It's a t- it's. I guess what I'm saying is, get back to me if the Packers drop a game, and now there's a chance to win the division. Mm-hmm. Because but, then but you can, goes, then you have a, an easier path.
6: But this goes back to if among the the teams with winning records that you played on the road, if you had two wins, if you had beaten Seattle or you beaten Kansas City or you had beaten G- Green Bay. I might have faith there. And by the way, if you had gone into Seattle and won on Monday night, now you've set yourself up to win the division and possibly get home field. And then could I call you a Super
3: Bowl team? A favorite? Probably not, but a Super Bowl team? Absolutely. Yeah. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, Score North and the Score North And uh, if you're interested in more Vikings discussions, we have two daily Vikings shows going right now. Vikings Ventline is daily at 11 o'clock on Score North and podcastable anywhere you find podcasts. And Purple Daily with Matthew Collar, joined by contributors Sage Rosenfels, Alex Boone, Courtney Cronen and Myron Medcalf. You can find that 2 to 4 o'clock every day here on Score North and the Score North app and podcastable Apple, Spotify, and the app. Judd Zolgat, when we come back in other news, but uh, let's talk about what's on the TCL TV right now. Oh, Lamar Jackson, the best quarterback in the NFL, is on the TCL TV here Talking about how awesome he is at football and how much they're going to destroy the Buffalo Bills probably this upcoming weekend. We watch all kinds of sports. on. Our, oh, and there it is. There's Michael Vick, of course. Michael Vick running 50 yards to the house against the Vikings in overtime in 2002. Hey, Beaker now,
6: lost his cleats on that
3: again. <laughs> just, I, think, I, think, uh, I think on the grounds of uh, the sidewalk outside the U.S. Bank Stadium where they Greg Greg Beaker's, Beaker's cleats, cleats are just honored there. So TCL gives you thousands of streaming channels and that built in Roku device also gives you access to 500,000 plus TV shows and movies. It's the best. We, it's, I've had two or three people just in the last couple of days say, Hey, they tweet at me the picture of their TCL TV. Got a great deal on Black Friday. The uh, Christmas season is upon us too. So why don't you surprise someone in your family with a new entertainment system set up? The TCL Alto Sambar and the TCL Roku TV. Any major local retailer in the Twin Cities. And TCLUSA.com. Mackie and Joe
0: Jonathan here with the Score North download. And just a reminder, Score North has already run contests for 5000 dollars in cash, and we're regularly giving away tickets to local games, gift cards to local restaurants, and much, much more. But in order to reap these rewards, you must have the Score North app available for free in the Apple or Google Play Stores. Kirk Cousins talked to the media today and was asked. Whether they might be overlooking the Lions, as the Lions have kind of stunk this season, and uh, he's very pointed with his response.
2: Well, you know, you'd have to be pretty immature to overlook them. I mean, just think about what happened against the Broncos here at home. What happened against the Bills last year? Every team is really good. They have they have highly paid, highly skilled players, and and we barely beat them in Detroit. Barely. So uh, you'd have to be pretty clueless to uh, you know to ever use the word overlook in terms of getting ready for this one.
0: Right. Guess I won't use that term anymore. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Judd with Rami.
7: In other news. Ah, yes, in
5: other news, midweek, mid-show, and a time where we like to take a break from all that hard-hitting sports talk and sports news. We bring you here on Score North and take a look at some of the war, weird and wacky news from around the world, including from... In other news. Red Lobster, ladies and yes. gentlemen.
3: Did you guys see this? No. Guys, you, I love f- Red Lobster. You're a fan of Red Lobster? I'm just beaming right now What's your favorite? No
5: what's your favorite thing about Red Lobster? The Cheddar Biscuits. Thank you, sir. Not even. Close. Isn't well, it? then I know what to uh, get Phil Mackey for Christmas. Actually, can
3: I add something? Sure. They actually have good martinis at Red Lobster. Do they well
5: really? They do. Did you know that you can get boxed mix of the Cheddar Bay biscuit from Red Lobster See, at, who at, you your, at your have. local grocery store? What do you think you I am? It's amazing. You damn right you can. not Well, with the holiday season comes an enormous amount of food, and sometimes not everything will fit on your plate. That's where Red Lobster comes in. The seafood chain debuted an ugly Christmas sweater meant for keeping holiday foods and those delicious bay biscuits warm and toasty while you're chowing down your favorite food will never be out of reach when the craving hits. These are ugly red lobster sweaters with literally, literally, and an assistant Jonathan who passed a story along to me, a pocket to keep your cheddar bay biscuits in. Wow.
3: Isn't that that amazing? What more do you need? Wow. Isn't that That something?
5: That's something right there. What's odd about this Yeah. story? I... (laughs) I don't think there's anything this on This is that. inspiring. I just want to say, mankind has achieved all things officially. But aren't those things buttery? Aren't I going to have butter stains on my sweater, on,
3: nah, your, dri- you on, your, have, on your wheel in your car? Say, you already have grease on
5: your wheel. What does it matter
6: if you have That's butter true. in your pocket? My understanding <laughs> is this segment was supposed to be for weird, wacky news. Sorry, what you
5: guys. just read was inspirational totally and normal. on point. My bad, totally normal. Can I see that sweater again? Let's just move it along. Hold on one second. No, this it.
0: is Rami just telling you guys what he okay. wants for
5: Christmas. Let's see this again. Look at that. Okay, it's got a. It's literally Quick got a pouch for for biscuits. Quick question. Yes, would the gal
6: be more upset with a Peloton or that? <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. If, if you Peloton's broke out, <laughs> still
0: a sponsor on the station.
6: I'm
3: just asking. <laughs> I didn't the know Peloton things become a big oh, deal. Point. It's become a big deal, right? How could you get? Well, would you rather have a Peloton or would you rather give up and get one of these chitterbait
5: biscuits? <laughs> they are, they are
3: opposite ends of the spectrum.
0: Can I have both? Can I be riding my Peloton with no. my sweatshirt and eating it's the biscuits? <laughs> no, because that's disingenuous. Just
5: crushing biscuits yeah. on a 45 minute ride. <laughs> Amazing. The guy's trying to pump <laughs> me up and I'm just chowing down. Live Chittabay from New
3: York,
6: reading Bay
4: biscuits on <laughs> a Peloton. Now get
3: going! Yeah. <laughs> the sweater is $39.99, by the way, if you're looking Oh, I'll take the sweater. Not bad at all. Because the biscuits are free when you go to Red Lobster.
5: It's great. It's great to I love those biscuits, dude. Oh.
3: In other news, this is from 2 And And uh, I told you guys this off the air, and I'm pretty confident now that I'm reading the first sentence again. This is one of the three best stories I think any of us have found wow. in this segment's history. Wow. Bold claim. A doctor saved a man's life aboard a flight by sucking urine from huh? his bladder for almost 40 that minutes one for straight. My notes. <laughs> All right. Wait, wait, keep going. What?
6: For how long? Start again.
3: Let me read that sentence <laughs> yeah, again cuz I'm not processing it. A doctor saved a man's life aboard a flight by sucking urine from his bladder for almost 40 minutes straight. Let me continue. Mm-mm. The medical emergency broke out on a China Southern Airlines flight to New York on Tuesday, oh. the South China Morning Post reported. Okay. Cabin crew put out the call for a doctor on board after an elderly passenger with a swollen stomach began complaining of severe pain. Luckily, vascular surgeon uh, Zhang Hong was on board and quickly managed to determine that the man had around a liter of urine trapped in his bladder but wasn't able to urinate on his own. With six hours still to go until the flight landed and potentially fatal rupture imminent, he swiftly devised a plan, and there is video, by the way. There's video? There's video. You do not read need to see it. <laughs> turn
6: turn that computer around. Let me read the rest. Turn that computer around.
3: All right, And I don't know how long the video is. blurred there? out, at
6: least? Well, how are you going to blur <laughs> it out? the necessary parts blurred out? No, I got an idea how he did it. Okay, c- keep going.
3: Clearing out the staff area, they made a yeah. makeshift bed. Yeah. He then rigged a device together using the materials that were available to him, including a portable oxygen mask, a syringe needle straws from milk boxes, and tape. He managed to pierce the patient's bladder, yep. but the syringe was not big enough to ease the pressure, so he had to, he had to improvise with the only pump he could rely on. His own lips. Mm, no, this guy went straight MacGyver. No, dude. sitting beside the patient, he spent the next 37 minutes sucking the urine out of his bladder and spitting it into an empty wine bottle and a glass. Dude, the- <laughs> give this guy the Nobel Prize. The incredible, I'm for real. I'm
6: so excited to see this. For real, <laughs> I cannot wait to see the video.
3: The incredible rescue, which Doctor Zhang sucked out between seven and eight hundred milliliters oh, of urine, was oh all my caught God. on film. I'm now going to click play. No. Okay. Oh yeah. No. I have not seen this. You yet. You don't have to see it. Hold you on. You haven't second. seen
5: this yet either. Hold I on. guess I'll
3: see it. Turn it around. I'm coming around. It's, no. I'll it's look. only thirty All seconds. Right. Turn it around. It's, I'll look. It's thirty seconds. Okay. Let's see. if we turn it up? I don't know. This might be bad. It looks like he's in the kitchen.
5: Let's see. I can't. It's a nice I airplane. I can't. I can't. He's not doing anything yet. Oh, there he is. There yeah. he goes. He's sucking it up. Oh, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> no man. No. Look at Uh-oh. how luxurious that airplane is. It's a really nice plane. That's here, a lot of room. Let's do Can we do a little role play here real quick? Mackie, I want I want you to be a flight attendant. I'm a doctor. And uh you say, Are there any doctors on this flight? And I'll be the sure. doctor. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh excuse me, everybody. We have a medical emergency,
3: and I'm wondering if there's any doctors on the flight. Are there any doctors? You, you, sir, you look like a doctor. Nope. You're literally. So you're not (laughs) a doctor? Sir, sir, you're literally wearing a stethoscope.
5: Nope. I am not a doctor. To hell with the Hippocratic Oath. I'm not sucking urine out of anybody's bladder. Not going to happen. I've got a highlighter,
6: a pencil, and pen. What can I do? (laughs) These are my surgical
4: tools, and you have no choice.
6: (laughs) Dateline, Oakwood, Georgia. Police in Georgia say a man called out of his steak and shake job because he was intoxicated then showed up anyway and demanded money while holding a co-worker at gunpoint. The Gainesville Times reports 20-year-old Kentarius Goins of Flowery be- Branch is charged with offenses including aggravated assault oakwood police investigator todd templeton said Gowens called out on thanksgiving went to the restaurant that night held a gun to a co-worker's head and demanded money that steak and shake steak and shake yeah. police say responding officers arrived to see employees running for the business which had customers at the time police say an apparently still intoxicated goins briefly raised the gun at officers Bad idea. Mm-mm. Before dropping it, he was arrested after a brief struggle during which a stun gun was used. Not surprising. Hmm. It's unclear if Goins has a lawyer.
3: Okay, so here's a question. It's a bit of a, bit of a spinoff here. If there's going to be a fast food or even a fast casual place mm-hmm. that you guys are going to break and enter and maybe even have a weapon of some kind, sure. is it steak and shake or what is it? I'm probably going
5: Popeye's. Do we have steak and shakes around here? I don't think there's any in the Twin Cities. We- do the register. No, the one at- Give me oh, a maybe? spicy 12-piece and a sandwich. Don't laugh about that. People are getting <laughs> killed because of the sandwiches. <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> have, you guys, have you guys heard about Narwhal the Unicorn Puppy? Pat, have you heard of
3: Narwhal the Unicorn Puppy?
4: Uh, no, I have not. Uh, so some poor dog got... A unicorn tied to its forehead. No, you know, this dog. Believe it's true.
5: No, no. This little dog was born, and I have photos to prove it. And he's gone viral. He has like millions of followers on social media. He has a tail growing out of his forehead. Oh wow!
7: Look oh, at that. Oh,
4: well, oh, that's uh, that's a uh, little bit. I bet I bet mom dumped him in a minute. Huh? <laughs> but he's probably <laughs> He probably said look at that ugly little SOP." So I was reading a
5: I was reading a story about how he was adopted, rescued by one of his caretakers and it was mm-hmm. a normal it was a normal and sweet story until I got to this point uh, the thought of sifting through the 300 applications that poured in to adopt him, plus vetting them for the inexplicable death threats that Narwhal has received, brought what? up the question about whether he'd be safe in unknown hands. <laughs> what,
4: what is, what is the neighborhood German Shepherd sending,
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> sending death threats to a puppy? <laughs> yeah God almighty that's that's amazing amazing that's uh, uh, you know, Donald Trump's America
3: right there so Pat, what's <laughs> going on uh, what's going on in your world today?
4: Well uh, I heard you guys mention steak and shake i had uh I was reading one of the most distressing stories I've ever read about, uh about three days ago about all the franchise restaurants that are in big trouble. I mean, uh, you know, Burger King and all. But Steak and Shake is even closing down uh, stores and uh, having a sales slot. But if you can't count on Steak and Shake, what can you count on in this country man, of ours?
3: Man, there's nothing sacred anymore. There's nothing <laughs> oh, sacred.
4: Applebee's, the TGIF has already gone under, which is uh, it has? heartbreaking for me. Yeah, I think it's done. No, I've seen and,
2: a few uh, of them around.
5: Actually, I drove past one last night in Madison, I think, Pat.
4: Well, I don't buy stock. Okay, okay good to okay. know. <laughs> uh, It'll be all these places that uh, we, we've uh, become familiar with are in trouble. Yeah, so, uh, it, says, uh, it says damn Healthy eaters are killing America.
3: It is. It's too bad. It's too bad. Uh, Pat, this—this yes. this, this report came across. Earlier today, so Zach Wheeler signed 118 million over five years with the Phillies. Uh, it's reported that the Twins also the Twins also offered five years and a lot of money. And uh, here's the latest from Sny in New York. They say Madison Bumgarner's market is also clarifying, and according to sources, the White Sox and Twins are among the heaviest suitors for Mad Bum. Uh so your hot stove season is off to the races here. What what are your thoughts on one eighteen and five?
4: It didn't, didn't he tell us he would have taken seventy three and walked? Uh I think he said
5: eighty
4: seven, something,
5: something
4: like, like that. that. Eighty seven. God almighty. This guy gets hundred and eighteen and nobody knows if he's you know, if he's a sure thing or not. Wow. Pitching is uh pitching is the way to uh starting pitching is the way to make money these days, isn't it? Wow. Yes it is unbelievable. I'd rather have Mad Bum than him because I think he's got the uh, bigger set of Sammy Cassells on him than, uh, than uh, Zach Wheeler does. So, yeah, I, 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 would, I would take Mad Bum before him. But uh, plus, Mad Bum will be fun, and we got a lot of cattle. His wife can go out and buy herself a cow any day she wants to. So, what's I'd the what's it? the
3: what's the most irresponsible contract you would you would stretch to sign him for? <sighs>
4: I don't know. I'd give him 80 for four and then uh, a fifth year and then let me buy it out for six or something like that. Okay. That's a, you know, and maybe maybe 20, maybe 23 in that third year, or fifth year, and uh, and uh, let it stretch it out. But the Whiteys, you know, they want to win the division. Very well. Uh, they, uh, they they look and see what the twins did and see Cleveland not spending money and fading and uh they uh they, they think they're gonna win the division and they, they probably are gonna go higher than the twins. So I mean, there's there's gotta be a certain point at which you stop, but at least we know the twins are desperate for pitching, right? If they were willing to go big on Weaver Wheeler. Yeah. Of course, you know what uh you know what we will be hearing from the Chief Bullhead crowd, they didn't run it. They just made sure to meet an officer that it was not quite enough, so
6: Nightingale, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Night- yeah? I I'm j- just I came across a Bob Nightingale story here that says, with the Wheeler deal being done now, Bumgarner's value is soaring in the aftermath of the deals, and two executives expect him to command at least $100 million himself on the open market. So this might be as much as it might be as much or close to what uh, Wheeler got from the Phillies by the time it's done.
4: Can't do it. Sorry. Can't do it. Put those two offers together and get me Rendon, and we'll beat everybody fourteen to beat everybody fourteen to twelve, and have fun all summer and get beat in the fall. Who cares?
5: Let's say they don't get Rendon, which is highly unlikely. How do you? How do
4: you? He turned down two ten. I guess it definitely won't get it.
5: But how do? How do you (laughs) fill out the rotation, Pat? If you don't, if you don't pony up for Madison Bumgarner.
4: Uh, you uh you hope Matt Whistler is really good. <laughs> what was the name of the guy they, Matt Whistler. Were, yeah, we can't say that they've been inactive this winter. They already got Matt Whistler Mike Whistler or some, some Whistler guy. <laughs> I don't know, they a trade uh I I don't know. I hope they don't bring big fat tomato back. But uh uh, you know, I I guess you get it depends upon the desperation of uh of, of what occurs, I, I, I don't know, Bumgarner, 100 million, wow. That was uh, no wonder the uh, Giants, uh, why not? Have we ever figured out why the Giants didn't pull the trigger? <laughs> there were five games out of the wild card. It's because of they Bruce, right, winning. Pat? five games out of the wild card, and they thought they were going to win the World Series. Because yeah. of Bochy, though.
6: I, I think that's the only yeah. reason why, which was ridiculous, but I think it's why.
4: Who's their manager, by the way? Kapler, right? Kapler, Kapler yeah, got the job. Yeah, right. Oh my God, oh, my. boy, they're screwed up out there. He's an idiot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
3: what do you mean he put Sorry. scented candles around the clubhouse? We can't go wrong. Oh around.
4: yes, that, that worked out well. How about the Phillies? They are uh, they are spending money like maniacs the last couple of years. Uh, I don't know. They must have an awfully good TV deal. I got to think Andy and neck is on the line here yep. if uh, they don't make the playoffs this time.
3: Yeah, I just—I think we're all just excited too that we're not waiting until February for some of these deals to go down. The winter meetings aren't even for another few days, and we—we uh, we got a bunch of action. It's kind of fun.
4: Did any, anybody else there that we missed or any? Any Cole particular? Hamels?
3: Cole Hamels, one year, eighteen Ooh. million. Ooh.
4: From Atlanta from who? Braves. Yeah, I'm not a big Cole Hamills guy, but he's only got one year, huh? so that isn't, that isn't too bad. Mike Moustakas a
3: couple of days ago to the Reds for four years, sixty four million dollars.
4: Boy, they do weird things, don't they? The Reds. I mean, all of a sudden, uh, uh, let's uh, spend. We we have no pitching. You know, they got some younger pitching, but let's let's spend sixty four million dollars for no reason when they're drawing fifteen thousand a game and we're not going to win. But let's let's give it to the Moose. I'd like to take the ball. Once you take the ball, uh, another left-handed bat, though, probably not uh, for the Twins. But, uh, you know, without having a uh, – uh, with Miguel going to first, you need a third baseman, don't you?
3: Josh Donaldson would not upset me.
4: Uh, well, he'd certainly <laughs> live in the clubhouse, that's for sure, right? Yeah, but, you know, you uh, could
3: uh, – is he a he clubhouse is, problem? Yeah, well, yeah there's, this, there's a report that Freddie Freeman well, and, had to pull him uh, aside last year in, in Atlanta and say, hey, dude, hold the brakes.
4: Well, I think he's too over the top. You know, here's what my deal is: Why don't we bring back poor Sergio? Why don't they give Sergio six million and bring him back?
5: They might bring him back. Oh, yeah, still. I saw a report what? early in the off season that they were interested in bringing him back.
4: Well, why wouldn't they? He's a great guy. He can throw that slop up there till he's fifty-two. <laughs> yeah, not going to cost him any velocity, and uh, he did pretty good. Yeah, and he's good core. He, yeah. Uh, you know, Oh, he's a hell of a guy. He's a he's a great guy, and uh, you know it's nice to see short little guys succeeding in uh, in uh, baseball.
6: And you know what's uh, most yeah. important? He liked us. He liked our town. And darn it, in this town, that's important.
4: You know, I think he's pretty good at not burning bridges. Every place he lives leaves is fantastic. He loves it there. Uh, so anyway, you know what they? You know what? Right now, he'd really like to have Eduardo. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you wish you hadn't given him away. Don't you? you have your third base problem all taken care of, and he could hit fifth for you? Boy, that was uh, that wasn't the greatest moment these guys have had.
6: It's How's crazy. that prospect pool that they got for that uh, the guys they got for him?
4: Is that uh, is that Duran's one of them? Isn't it, isn't it Phil? oh uh, uh, yeah, Yoen
3: Duran. Yeah, they got they're yeah. gonna they're gonna wind up doing pretty well with that guy.
4: I don't like Phil is Celeste or whoever's name. I'm i I I get confused between the Houston trade and the Arizona trade, but Durant is is supposed to be a hard thrower. Yeah. And uh so anyway. Yeah. I don't know. Let's uh let's I gotta think they're gonna make a trade, don't you? But it might not be at the winter meetings, but uh I think uh I think Eddie's gonna uh, that gonna go. I really do. But although you, you gotta
3: get something for him. I mean you can't just give him away. Right. Yep. Uh well we will uh we'll see if uh see if mad bum signs here with the twins in the next twenty four hours and then we can all focus on trading for John Gray and then the uh, winter meetings start next week. All right? Done and done. righty. All, right. all right, done. All
2: right, it's always Pat. easy,
3: right? See you tomorrow, Pat. Bye. All right, that's uh wrapping with our buddy. I always Patrick go Bryce. it's always so simple. Just sign him. <laughs> just sign, just mad sign Mad Bum, bum
6: man. Hundred million dollars. Yep. He's, he's going to go for more than that now. Boys, I do it,
5: do it. I
3: would too. Do it. One hundred million. I'm not saying I would. Twenty five million a year. Him. I do one hundred twenty. Price going up. Five. You know what?
6: Sign him now before the price goes up even more.
3: Good to have Rami back. Good you to can be find, back. Boys. Find our full show on the Score North app, Apple or Spotify. Anywhere you find podcasts. Mackie and Judd with Rami.
1: Whether it's bakers' simple truth turkey or mac and cheese with Murray's English cheddar